0: I'll go start the coffee.
1: I'll be down in a minute. scooby dooby
0: dooby doo Pastor Rand, Laura, wake up.
1: Good morning. Morning. We are reading our Bible in the morning. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We are. Why do you agree, like, in such a weird tone?
0: I don't know. My... Like, reactions are still waking up as well.
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> sets me in a confused place. Mm. Oh, I'm tired too. Every morning we read a chapter of the Bible, and today we're starting with chapter well, 22. Well, <laughs> we read
0: part of a chapter at least.
1: Well, that's true. Sometimes it does take us longer.
0: Anyway,
1: we we'll are we our at? Past. Luke 22. Oh, man. Yeah, we've been, like, it's been Holy Week for a while now. We've been reading a lot of the stuff that he says. Triumphal entry was actually only chapter 19. But chapter 20 and 21 seemed really long.
0: It's a lot of important stuff, so.
1: All right. And stuff that. Well, this is still Holy Week. Yeah and it's called Judas agrees to betray Jesus. Now, the feast of unleavened bread, called the Passover, was approaching, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. I think that's kind of important, right? They say they want to get rid of Jesus because they're afraid of the people. I think I don't know if that shows like that they, they truly don't recognize who he is, because if they really knew he was God, they would be afraid of him. But they're afraid of the people.
0: I think they're blinded, by lack of faith. Their fear of the people is, that the people will will realize that what they've been telling them and the way that they've been treating them is wrong. So
1: So it's like guilt.
0: No, it's not guilt, it's
1: So do you think the Pharisees know they're wrong? Yeah. They're preaching all this stuff and they know it's not true. All these laws and man-made things and they know, "Oh, this isn't what's in the Bible, but we need to preach it so we're in control."
0: I don't know if in their mind they think it's because they're in control. I think they might be preaching it because they think that it is better for the people that they are in control. So
1: I feel e- like... even
0: though they have to manipulate God's word, they think, well these people would hurt themselves. So we need to protect them against the truth because if they knew the truth, then they want to get along with the Roman government and
1: I think they'd justify talked, it in some way. Sure, justified. I think when we talked, um, was it in Acts or what? I forget which, which Paul letter we did where we talked about this. Oh, my goodness. Excuse my yawn. Um but it was either you or me or both of us who were talking about how the Pharisees have just been like these traditions have been in the church for so long that it's possible the people and the Pharisees don't even realize how wrong they are because it's just it's oral tradition basically they don't. I mean, some people do learn to read and write in this culture, but it's not super common. So if someone says, if someone you trust well, no, is standing they're... up in the synagogue saying, reading from the Bible and then sermonizing on it and saying all this stuff, well, why wouldn't you trust them?
0: I guess I'd push back on that a little bit because the the Jewish people did teach their children to read and write. I mean, that was but did they the all traditions have of the Bar Mitzvah.
1: They all had copies of the Bible in their home?
0: No. However, the kids, before their Bar Mitzvah, would have to learn to a- read and write Hebrew. Okay. So that was... I mean, education is something that's always tied into... Well, I
1: didn't mean to say they're not educated. I just know that we... That it's not not everybody had a copy of the Bible in their house, so they could just read it, you know. Right,
0: but they would read. They would go to synagogue. They would do these things. The thing the Pharisees though would have access to um, other writings that the people wouldn't, uh, such as the Talmud, mm-hmm. um, which was this commentary that was written, and that's where you get the. 613 extra laws that the tradition of the Jewish people added to the mm-hmm. laws that God has given. Hmm. So, yeah, they well, might not really... I mean, in yeah, their I hearts... Yeah, my
1: point is this. Do Are they knowingly preaching something that's wrong, or are they following a tradition that's wrong, not really knowing? I mean, like, they might know... Because of what Jesus is preaching to them. Like, oh, yeah, we have been wrong. And now they're kind of, like, just digging in deeper. Or did they know, like, all along? Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know, is it, like, malicious? Like, we, we're going to... We're this evil group of people who's trying to retain power by whatever. Making all these rules and preaching things we know God didn't say. Or is it just, like... Some people got off track with good intention, like we're helping the people, whatever, we're going to make these extra rules. And then it slowly kept growing, like people going off on a bad tangent slowly over time. Or do they wake up every day knowing that they're doing something wrong, but they're going to keep doing it anyway? I,
0: I am going to cheat and say I think it's a mixture of the two. <laughs> I think that, that there are instances like when um, Jesus uh, heals a man that's not able to see. They, they have this trial with his parents and him. I forget what book that's in.
1: I think that was in Mark.
0: Mark, yeah. And they... I mean, they're so blinded by their power and by their control that they justify they're doing the right thing yeah. by, by even when something is supernatural that they can't explain of reasoning in a way that this isn't right. Um, I mean, Nicodemus in the beginning of John, which is at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, says that the leaders of the church know that Jesus is a prophet that he is someone special. Mm-hmm. However, they reason that it is better for them to silence this person for the good of the people. <laughs> is whatever that's in their hearts, but really, they may not. Well, then they then may that, not realize kind of the motivation is malicious.
1: Sure,
0: because they don't self-analyze themselves or repent, or repent have penance. Or repent. Uh,
1: well, that's just why this struck me when we read it. They were looking for a way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Now, it's not like they're like, oh, Jesus is calling us out, and Jesus is making us feel bad, and Jesus is powerful. He's a prophet. We need to get rid of him because he's going to show that we're wrong or he's going to I don't know be the most powerful rabbi or whatever it says they're afraid of the people so they're afraid Jesus is going to turn the people against them them and they want their power they don't want the people to not be following them so it shows they're just yeah blinded by their power whether they are malicious or just misled they definitely don't see Jesus What he really is.
0: Yeah. um, So then,
1: it says chief priests and teachers of the law. Right. Does that include that includes the Pharisees, right?
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, being for they're afraid of the people. What? Uh, No, I'm looking at the Greek. Yeah, I mean, there. Th- there's no way. I mean, the right before this, they see Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, and they say, you know, if everyone knows about this, then everyone's going to believe in him. Mm-hmm. So I think when that happens, when you see the power of God, you see someone teaching the power of God, or teaching God's word, and you cannot, uh, you cannot beat his arguments through God's word. You cannot explain his miracles through God's word. You're trying to trap him in these different things. I think for them it has turned now from just... Ignorance and wrong wrongheadedness, I don't know. To now malicious behavior. Yeah. That's a word.
1: Is it? I think wrongheadedness. So. Yeah. You're a wronghead.
0: Well, you're being wrong headed.
1: Just because you put two words together that are real words doesn't mean that that's a real
0: word. You know. <laughs> I communicated an idea. Even though it's silly.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. But
0: I'm not, I'm wrong, but I'm not going to try and kill you because you proved me wrong. What I'm saying is this, I'm not, (laughs) I know that's a strange thing. That the the Pharisees, I'm going back to what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. I get it.
1: Yeah. These words just, uh, yeah, it shows they don't really, they should be afraid of Jesus. And I guess we'll see that the whole time.
0: Yeah, they should be afraid of God rather than men.
1: And the fact that they care so much about what the people think and so little about what Jesus thinks just shows they have a lack of faith.
0: Well, when you don't have faith, what do you go after? You go after whatever is in this world. Right, power, power, and glory, right? Yeah, and power is... Why would you ever want to give up power?
1: Oh, yeah, you were talking to me about that the other day. Who said
0: that? I think it was a podcast I was listening to. I think it was Jordan Peterson or someone he was oh, yeah. talking to. He's a psychologist. Um, but was saying, yeah, if when people don't have faith in God, that it is impossible to talk them out of power or pursuit of power because there's nothing greater in the world that they can have. And I mean, that's been repeated in different ways throughout history. That power is never given it is it has to be taken. Um, hmm. But it's, it's just this intoxicating thing that people fall into. Yeah. And, you know, and without, then once
1: you have it, you don't want to give it up. You'll do anything to keep it. Mm-hmm. which hmm Which kind of circles back to the question I had. Are they doing these things that are wrong maliciously, or are they just misguided? Because I, I think when we talked about this um, in regards to Pharisees and the Judaizers and whatever we were talking about, who brought up the Roman Catholic Church in the time of Luther and did those people wake up every morning selling indulgences saying this is totally wrong but we need to lie to the people and blah 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 or were there people who actually believed that they worked that really truly believed in buying your way out of heaven or was it just this, like, sinister plan. We've got all this power, and the people have no idea we're lying, but we're gonna totally get away with it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I think, like you said, there is a mix of people. There probably are sinister people who know what they're doing is wrong, and then there's other people who've, like, in, within the organization who have power who just believe it. And they don't really realize, maybe extent of the damage they're doing, but they do what they're, they're told or they do what they do because it's gotten them to their certain position.
0: Yeah. And if you are breaking the first commandment, you have an idol, mm-hmm. which is yourself, or mm-hmm. even if your idol is that you have mixed God with yourself or yourself and your power is number one and God is number two, but you don't have a clear view of who God is, you are going to serve your God above all things. And so these people, they could be... I mean, I'm trying to paint this in a light that they're waking up in the morning thinking they're doing the right thing because that's what I think people do that they have to justify their behavior, even if it's wrong or evil mm-hmm. in some way, that they think they're serving God, but their God that they are serving is either the Jewish church, which is has divorced itself from the true word of God, or it's their position in the church, which again mm-hmm. has put God as a number two or three position or whatever it is. And that goes into the Catholic church as well. That the the most important thing is no longer teaching and preaching the word of God and its truth and purity. It is the church being significant, the church being relevant, that we are the ones that have to do these things because God and his word are not powerful enough to do them on their own. And I just, I guess that's the only way that I can kind of wrap my mind around this, of what they're doing, killing God himself, is that they have a God that is above him.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, now you got me thinking about something else. Because first... First, when we read this and talked about it... Well, today, I mean, first today. Yeah, you said they were knowingly sinning, knowingly misleading the people and sinister, right? But then we, as we get to talking about it... I think I... S- what you were just saying now sounds like they they've justified that they're doing what's right for the people... And they're even using the Bible. They they believe they're preaching from the Bible, or, well, from, they're doing what God wants. Then they're justifying this because the people need it, or they need it, or whatever. And then, it, you know, something I actually was thinking before we even started reading today, just reading the title, Judas Agrees to Betray Jesus. And we haven't even gotten to Judas yet, but um, I think sometimes it's easy to say like these people are so bad or Judas is so bad and he did like made this terrible choice or they're so sinister and malicious. Mm-hmm. And how could someone who whatever traveled with Jesus for three years make this decision? <laughs> how could people who have been raised in the church reading the inspired word of God get so off track and you know it's a temptation all of us face to put an idol first and then to the devil to be sneaking that into or even disguising that idol as you know God Mm -hmm. so they're serving God in, in relation to the Pharisees they're serving God But this will help the people if we do this rule, or they need these extra rules because you know blah blah blah. And because God's word is not powerful enough, it won't do it. I really care about them. No, but in their mind, the temptation is. They're not. I don't know. I don't think they're blatantly saying like, "Let's do something terrible today." I think they're. Yeah, I've got the good of the people in mind. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to, so I need to do this. And yes, they are serving God and saying, I, 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 but they're good intention.
0: Yeah, it's it's Machiavellian, yeah. which is, you know, the ends justify the means. Right. And uh, what is that? The so road like, to destruction is paid with good intentions. Yeah. You know, there's there's plenty of that that just happens. And... I think I said that in the beginning, that they're, you know, they're knowingly lying to the people because they think it's for the good of the people. Right. Even if the good of the people is for them to be oppressed and sad and not know the true God because they want themselves to remain in power. But they haven't examined their true motivations in these things. They've, uh, they're lying to themselves. But why they're they're really doing it.
1: Right. Well, yeah, but when I I saw the heading and I knew what we were going to be talking about, yeah, one of the things I was thinking was it's so easy for us to read the Bible and judge the people, you know, the Israelites for being fickle or this person for saying that or the disciples for having weak faith and now Judas for making this you know, terrible decision, which, like I said, we still haven't even read that part yet, but, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, is we we judge all these people, like, wow, how could they have such weak faith? How could they do this? How could they be so wrong? How could they be so malicious? How could they do that? And, you know, what do we think we're doing? Like, doing it all right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we need to look at our own lives and be like, where am I being led astray? Where am I being tricked into something similar? What am I doing that I've, you know, I'm putting my power above the power of God's word, um, you know? Yeah. Because it sneaks into our lives. It's not just going to, like, show up one day where we wake up and go, I'm going to do something absolutely terrible today. But it's been sneaking in. Like, maybe you think... As pastor, and I'm not saying you specifically do this, but a pastor might, you know, be brought up in the truth and everything, but then, oh, preaching God's word is not enough. I need some, like, gimmick to get people into church, mm-hmm. you know? And not that there's anything wrong with having a, you know, a poster or an event. Like, obviously we want to... do what we can but if you're saying in your mind preaching the truth isn't enough maybe i need to put a ipod under a chair and like you know trick people into coming in because i'm doing a giveaway you know so i I need to do something i I need even worse
0: than that is i need to hide some of the truth from the people oh
1: sure because they're
0: not gonna believe it if i really teach what the Bible says about this law, no one's going to want to be here, and they're not right. going to do that. Or if I really teach the gospel and that we should be motivated out of thanks for God, people are never going to listen to that. Right. So i got to beat them with the law because these people, you know, well, need to be shamed right. and guilted into doing things.
1: And so that's why, yeah, we're, thi- we're thinking about the people where, where you're saying... I know what's best, I know this, and and obviously we do need to use our good judgment, and we do need to make whatever evangelism plans, and you need to decide what people need more at the time, like, blow our gospel. You know, I'm not saying just read out of the Bible and don't engage people. (laughs) We do care about the people, but when you start, when the temptation is there, you could start to say oh, the people this, the people that, and get distracted from teaching God's word and its truth and purity. Yeah, when, when I try and
0: highlight the gifts that God has given me to serve him are more important than using those gifts to serve him in whatever sense. It's
1: a really fine line, and it would be easy to start being on the wrong path mm-hmm. and continue justifying it. And, you know, how do we avoid that?
0: Yeah, something I, I don't know if it's a positive exercise or not, but sometimes when I hear what people have done, you know, that's just so shocking, you know, like, um, preaching the word of God, that's clearly wrong that you can look at it with passages or even, heinous acts that people do or sins that people fall into. You know, rather than saying piously, Oh, I would never do something like that, thinking of what would it take for me to do that. Because anything that people have done throughout history that's evil is something that we as a human are capable of doing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And there are steps that are incremental steps that are taken for them to get to those situations. Yeah. And even if we can't understand them now because of the situation we're in, um, every person can fall into every sin, you know, because the devil has tempted them with small, small things until they get to that point. And oftentimes we just focus on the terrible thing that's happened. You know, oh, that person, you know. Betrayed Jesus. Betrayed, yeah, betrayed Jesus. You know, that person um, said that, you know, Jesus really isn't important and we should get him out of here so that we can go back to teaching our thing. And Mm. however, there are small steps that lead there, which Mm. is why Jesus takes so much you know, time to talk about He is the Word, teaching in truth and purity. If you are someone that leads a little child astray, you know it'd be better if you had a millstone tied around your neck and thrown away. Or you look at, um, was oh, it Timothy? Yeah, Paul's words to Timothy: Watch your life and your doctrine closely, so that you are not led astray. Mm-hmm. You know there is.
1: Well, I think that's the key that I was trying to you know get to is that these people it's subtle here but they're not afraid of Jesus they're afraid of the people and why is that I think it's not a wake up one morning and let's let's be malicious but it's snuck into their lives slowly and they may not even recognize how wrong they are because they've been uh, you know little by little led astray and like you're just saying that could happen to any of us instead of focusing on how wrong these people are which it is good to address sin when you see it and recognize it and you know but also to recognize it in our lives like where is that temptation creeping in my life and how do I keep myself on course and the answer is through God's word Mm -hmm. and study
0: and being honest with the motivations for why we're doing things and knowing what God's word says. And
1: but when you are like looking at yourself and examining yourself, if you're just sitting down in a whatever salt float tank, <laughs> totally isolated, no sight sounds, whatever, you know, I'm talking about these um, sensory deprivation things, but you go by yourself to meditate or do these things you won't... Just examining yourself doesn't show you what's wrong. You need to examine yourself against God's word.
0: Yeah. It's part of my sermon for this weekend. Well, now people are going to know what I'm doing this. But uh, the, <laughs> there's a verse in uh, Ephesians um, that focusing on uh, talking about the people have, having lost all sensitivity. They gave themselves over to all of these different sins because of the callousness and hardening of their hearts. That's in
1: Ephesians or that's in Romans? It's
0: in Ephesians.
1: It's also in Romans. I just listened to Romans yesterday, so Hmm. it sounds fresh. But, okay, no more... About that, we need to finish this section. <laughs> I know well, I started just, us on a tangent.
0: Just read the through verse 6, and then we'll I we'll know. continue on the next day. Oh, I didn't know if you were I just going to really power through.
1: No, well, goodness, no. We took <sighs> 27 minutes to talk about two verses, so we're not going to finish all 70 verses of this chapter. I'm
0: not even mad.
1: <laughs> all right, yeah, they were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Verse 3. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. Oh, we Let's talk about that for ten minutes, too. Um, and Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. So, yeah, that's all we're going to talk about today is those six verses. But before we end, can we talk about the Satan thing? Yeah, sure. So Satan entered Judas. Uh Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read my note on the bottom here. Um, I'm using my Concordia self-study Bible here, and it's got little notes about certain verses on the bottom For verse 3 there, Satan entered Judas. It says, In the Gospels, this expression is used on two separate occasions. Before Judas went to the chief priest and offered to betray Jesus here, and during the Last Supper. Thus, the Gospel writers depict Satan's control over Judas, who had never displayed a high motive of service or commitment to Jesus. Hmm. So... When it says Satan entered Judas, it kind of sounds... I mean, it sounds really intense, right? Yeah. Like, and picturing sort of like demon possession. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's...
0: Yeah, close? I don't know how... I... I mean, if not... If Physically manipulating him, as some demons did, of throwing people on the ground or making them hurt themselves, like because, has happened in other.
1: On the contrary, wouldn't we all? I mean, we all have. I don't want to say Satan in our heart, but we do, don't we? Or at least unbelief or temptations.
0: Yeah, we have. We talk about the evil trinity: Satan, the world, and our sinful flesh. So we have this old man within us. That's again in that Ephesians passage that I was referring to. I think but it's did you five, say that's Satan. Five, eight, tw- 19. No, that's not Satan. So that Satan is, is not in you. Satan is a spiritual entity who is real who but he's tries not to strengthen the evil man within us to do evil. So what has happened to Judas here is Judas has taken those incremental steps Mm -hmm. and has continually hardened himself against God over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again. And finally, at this point, then God allows this to happen. So you go back to like uh, Pharaoh and what happened. Mm -hmm. And it says, you know, and Pharaoh hardened his heart, and Pharaoh hardened his heart, and Pharaoh hardened his heart. He's doing all this to himself. And then finally, it says, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So it's this judgment wall on earth. Um, And that's what Judas has done. Judas has continually hardened himself to God's word. And finally... After all of this unbelief, then God allows this, this to happen. This makes
1: me think of something that I've always had questions on and struggled with. This is this is the the unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that we I could ask questions about for like hours.
0: Well, I'll just do the very short version. Okay.
1: Well, so: the not have a hundred okay, questions. We'll, we'll about
0: talk about it next time. But the unforgivable sin is that um, the only sin that is unforgivable that again, I need to know what <laughs> reference this is, is the sin against the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the sin against the Holy Spirit is there is only one way to heaven, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ as our Saviour. Right. Which the Holy Spirit is creating and strengthening faith in us and preserving us to everlasting life, if you reject the Holy Spirit and reject faith and reject God's Word, then there is can be no forgiveness of sins because you do not allow God's grace and love to help you. It's as if you are poisoned. And someone is giving you the antidote and you slap it away, you know, and say, no, I don't want that. Then there is not a way to be saved because you have rejected the thing that is saving you. I know that probably doesn't help
1: because people can
0: still be forgiven of that. The thing is,
1: wait—they still can be forgiven of the unforgivable sin. (laughs) Sure,
0: if you reject, let's say, someone has rejected the Holy Spirit for seventy years of their life and said, "How silly the Word of God is! This is ridiculous!" You know, how could you ever believe in this? And then all of a sudden they go, you know, through reading the Bible, they say, "Oh wow, I do believe this." Then they're forgiven of all (sighs) their sins. God's grace God's conquers grace can all do anything, evil and right? all sin.
1: Well, that's why I've always had a problem with people saying the unforgivable sin. Because God can forgive anything. Um, but then, like, yeah, God hardening Pharaoh's heart. can Could Pharaoh have repented after God hardened his heart?
0: Well, Pharaoh started without faith. I guess where I... I where don't know if unf- this is right or wrong, so please don't but the way I'm kind of wrapping my mind around it right now in this conversation is that the unforgivable sin is for people with faith.
1: People with faith, who've seen and read everything that God's done, and they still choose to not believe it. Mm -hmm. Right? No, I know I've heard that too. If if someone's living like on, you know you know, some island off the coast of Brazil and they've never ever heard God's word, they can't reject it, you know, because they've never ever been exposed to it. Mm -hmm. That's different than someone who's traveling with Jesus every day and Satan enters their heart. Yeah. I don't know. Man, I could talk about this, and I have with multiple pastors. I feel like every city I go to, I talk with the pastor about this because, because it comes up for me and that I know people who um, grew up with me in the church and had all the same training I did and have studied the Bible in depth like I did for 12 years or more. Mm-hmm. And they've fallen away. So I wondered to myself, are they lost forever? Did they harden their hearts so much that God has hardened their heart? Um, Not that I'm, like, trying to get out of work, but, you know, I'm like, should I even consider, like, keep, you know, working on these people, sharing God's word with them, or is it just, like, pointless? And every pastor I've talked to has basically kind of gotten back to what you just said, like, we don't know... If their heart is hardened. And there we should always keep preaching to them because we there's a, there's always the chance they could come back. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Is that that's what yeah. you're just saying? Sure. So we never give up on somebody, but then at the same time it's like well, when it says so clearly here, Satan entered someone's heart or Pharaoh hardened his heart and then God hardened his heart, it's like Well if they've gotten to the point where even God is hardening their heart or allowing Satan to take control of you know it's like, well, what am I going to do? like walk in and read a couple Bible passages and that's going to make a difference if everything else up to this point is not making a difference, what can we do and that's think, something that that troubles me
0: I think the only the the big difference is the only reason I know that God hardened. Pharaoh's heart or Saint Andrew and Judas is because the word of God tells me that. Right. And I cannot any... judge the hearts of anyone. That's right. I only can go by what their confession is. Mm-hmm. And until, you know, there is certainty in this, which is just the sheep and goats are separated on the last day, you know, the believers and unbelievers. Mm hmm. We continue to do God's work and show love for people by letting them know. And um, I don't think I I just don't think there's an excuse to avoid discomfort. Yeah. Because we want to write it off as, well, God, you harden their hearts. There's nothing I can do. Yeah which <laughs> I, no it's it, but it's no, a motivation no, that's within that's us something that, that you cause know because we we are programmed to avoid discomfort
1: and yeah yeah you're right I think that's something that I've kind of been like not not that I want any of these people to be written off but like you said like I'm maybe looking for it the easy way out like well this is hard work talking to these mm-hmm. people it's very uncomfortable and it causes a lot of issues in my personal life so if I had someone tell me oh yeah it's the unforgivable sin there's nothing you could do then would I feel like okay I don't have to do that hard work anymore you know it would be like a relief to me it would be very sad but it'd be like a relief but the fact that it's like nope you just keep doing it it's like Oh, I have to continue having these hard conversations. I have to continue doing this. Like, that is a hard work for me. And it it makes me very uncomfortable. So in a way, like, you're right. Like, it's kind of me putting my comfort or looking for someone to tell me to judge their heart. And obviously people can't do that. And then we just have to keep sharing God's word because God's word is powerful. And then I just realized while I was saying all this that I was kind of falling into those temptations we were just talking about. I'm uncomfortable. I have to do this. What can I say? And I'm not focusing on the power of God. Mm -hmm. Focusing on what I do and what I say and how I feel and all that stuff. And it's just those tiny little temptations sneaking into my life.
0: Yeah, but if you prove you know, through your actions... You love people, and you you love, you know, them just as a person. If you are clear about what you believe about God's word and forgiveness and the the law, and then if your life, you continue to live a life worthy of the gospel you have received and are this example you know, it's it's not that every single word out of your b- mouth has to be quoting scriptures to them. It's not like you have to call and leave them voicemails of you just, you know, reading God's word. You're going to have many interactions of love that prove that the reason why you are telling these people God's word
1: mm-hmm.
0: is because you love them and you care for them. And, yeah, the Holy Spirit's going to do his work. I mean, I don't convert a single person to Christianity. I'm just, you know, a, a vessel that God uses to talk to people. He's mm-hmm. the one that changes their hearts, and I just try to not mess it up. Yep. So, God is good.
1: I feel like this <laughs> I know we gotta might wrap
0: it up. It could go on forever. This, this,
1: yeah, might be the longest discussion we've had about six verses, but it's okay. in summary. <laughs> the people or the chief priests want to kill Jesus
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Judas came to them they didn't like try to come over to any of the disciples and say hey we need your help he just walked right in and was like how can I help
0: yeah and he I mean he obviously knew they they wanted to kill him
1: oh yeah and that they'd probably offer him something
0: yeah, and he had an uh, addiction to this money. I don't know what he was spending it on, but he had—he clearly just
1: yeah. wanted well, it. Well, don't go down that path. We don't have time for that. <laughs> no. But, yeah, they want to kill him. He walks in willingly, and they offer him money, and then he's going to try to find a way to do it without a crowd. And mm-hmm. that's that's all we talked about today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll read some more of this super long chapter tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Bye. Scooby Dooby Dooby Doo! What? Pastor and Laura, wake up!